You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, and welcome to another fabulous episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate. My name is Michael Kushner, my pronouns are he, him, and my hyphens are performer, photographer, producer, writer, and podcaster. As always, thank you so much for listening, and thank you to Alan, Dory, Britt, Katie, Yo, and Patrick at Broadway Podcast Network. Let's start this episode with my segment. You got a question? This one is from Lauren D., and she asks... How do you start a podcast? Now, that's a great question, but before we even get into technical aspects, let's talk about the first thing that goes into creating a podcast, a point of view. Every podcast must have a strong point of view to find an audience and be able to sustain stories and extend the longevity of a podcast. Mine, obviously, is focused on the theater artist audience, especially those that want to be able to do more than one art form. I can only speak from experience, and my guests, fellow multi-hyphenates, will only add to the storytelling experience. Whatever you decide, whichever story you tell, you have to be able to guide the conversation and add to it. Also, is there anything like what you're thinking of creating? If there is, how can you make it different? If not, more power to you. Once you decide on a story to tell, that's when you get into the technicalities, which I'll save for another episode. So thanks, Lauren D., for partaking in. You got a question? And if you have a question, feel free to message me on Instagram at DearMultiHyphenate or email me at DearMultiHyphenate at gmail.com. And speaking of Instagram, please follow me at TheMichaelKushner or at DearMultiHyphenate for more exclusive multi-hyphenate tips and tricks. This is a reminder to please subscribe, rate, review, and download episodes of Your Multi-Hyphenate. Seriously, it helps. And if you want early access to my episodes, download the Broadway Podcast Network app. If you love what you're hearing, get even more access to Broadway stories on the Broadway Podcast Network app. So download it now. And if you want to take my workshop, Multi-Hype, my co-teachers Ashley Kate Adams and Kimberly Faye Greenberg are ready for you. Cultivate your multi-hyphenate skills and get your project started. When you leave our week-long intensive, you'll have tangible steps to achieve your project's goals. So sign up now at multihypeworkshop.com. Our sixth intensive starts May 17th and continues on May 19th with the final day of May 21st. Can't make it? Get on our class list by emailing multihypeworkshop at gmail.com. Let's get on to this week's guest. 
Vasti Monpoint is an actress, dancer, singer by way of Alabama, North Carolina, and Haiti. On screen, Vasti has appeared in Nora from Queens, The Prom Movie, Dick Johnson is Dead, The Mysteries of Laura, The Detour, and the cartoon show The Winx Club. On stage, Vasti has appeared in numerous stages from Broadway to Egypt, including The Prom Musical, SpongeBob SquarePants, Mary Poppins, The Taming of the Shrew, Rocky, Ghost, The Legend of Georgia McBride, Aida, Hair, 42nd Street, and Ragtime. As a dancer, Vasti has performed with James Corden, Yolanda Adams, Brian McKnight, Michael Jackson, Mark Anthony, Gloria Gaynor, and more. And Vasti has also created Vasti's Friends, a video platform for Broadway performers to write, choreograph, and compose original kid-friendly programming. We'll talk about Vasti's Friends in this amazing episode. So now, here's Vasti. And as always, we start with a quote. So this quote I found because I was when I find quotes I try to combine the efforts of the artists that I have on my show and we're gonna get into Vasti's friends and who Vasti is and how brilliant she is but I think this quote kind of sums it up uh be who you needed when you were young and I love a quote like that because I tried to have a conversation with myself often about like would your would would that musical theater loving kid that bootleg trading kid would he be proud of what you're doing and so a quote like that often keeps me in check but i brought this in because vasti is in inspiring so many young artists during this pandemic and uh inspiring so many um old crones like like myself as well so her work really her reach really spreads um far and i'm really excited to bring on vasti mom point how are you hi i love that quote isn't it cool it's it's uh i can't I, I, it says anonymous so um if you're out there listening and you came up with that quote and you have a bone to pick with me i uh, i allow it <laughs> but is that I think that's a beautiful quote. Does that how does that um does that, you know, permeate you in any sort of way? It does. It reminds me of um one of the meditations I do. It's called May You Be Happy. And you um you basically sit and you visualize um a younger version of you. There's different people that you can bring. It can be someone you love, someone you don't know that well, but you always bring in a younger version of you. And you sit across with them and you imagine them full of light and you say, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be, may you, like, you just wish them happiness, your younger self, because that part is of you still there. And uh, yeah, that made me think of that, about just honoring your younger self, because it's, she's always there, he or she is always there, they're always there. Who is your younger self? I mean, what were you like as a, as a, as a kid? <laughs> um, I was... It's funny. I wonder. I wonder what I would have called myself or been when I was younger. Identified myself as I was like because everyone called me a tomboy, which I hate that um, that saying because like I don't really know what it means. But I was always <laughs> uh, I was always like you know falling from trees. My knees were always scabbed, um, and but I also like I play with my GI Joe and my Barbie at the same time. Like I was just a very rambunctious kids. I loved hanging out with the boys because they would jump off of high things. But I also loved hanging out with the girls because they did like I just I was just all over the place. But um, I was very hyper. And I just wanted to play all the time. I had a good time as a kid. I had a good childhood. 
I did too. I wanted a treehouse really badly. Oh, me too. I will never forgive my parents. <laughs> I always tell my husband, I was like, when we have kids, like they're getting a treehouse. And it's more for us, but they'll like yeah. it too. It's like, you can't sit there. You know that I'm going to climb up that ladder and crack open a whiskey and like <laughs> chill we, out. Well, you know, they have Airbnb experiences where you can stay in like, like, uh, glamped out, um, oh. tree houses. They're all over. I uh, love that. Yeah. We want to do one this summer because we're in California now, but it looks, it just, you should look it up though. It's when I'm bored, I just look at it and it's just beautiful. They're beautiful and cool. I think I was I was watching something that Adina was doing and she was like, I'm I'm recording this for my son's treehouse. He never uses it or something like that. And I was like, I, I'll use it. I'll, right? I'll use Adina's treehouse. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I you know, I sort of love that idea of, um, you know, I look back and I am go, what is my treehouse today? And like, you know, I, I, I have my studio in my apartment. That's where I shoot, you know, headshots and portraits and. And uh, I think that's my treehouse because it's yeah. it's my own separate room that I get to work in and create and and establish the vibe and and uh, the sort of journey that I want to go on. And it's been really um, I think that's my treehouse, my adult treehouse, like right? And that's, I think that's, your, that's your book. That's your bio. That's your uh, your 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 tree. Find your treehouse. Find your treehouse. What, what what is your treehouse today, Vasti? What is your treehouse? Well, um, it's we have our for the first time ever. We have like a balcony. It's very small, but living in New York for so long, um, it's just such a rare thing to have. And that's become our little treehouse. And it's so wonderful just to know that I can step outside in the morning and have a cup of coffee outside and not be around humans if I don't want to. So at the moment, that's my treehouse, and I love it. Would you have like, um, you know, say the industry is, you know, uh, back up and running and we're, you know, in person and doing all that stuff. What do you think would translate the idea of that treehouse? What do you think that would translate to your Vasti's everyday life as a as an artist? I think you mean, will I still consider that to be my treehouse? Would, would it? Would your balcony be your treehouse? Or do you, is it like now that you're in LA, is it like when you're driving and you can just blast music or like, oh, what I, is your... well, driving, I like, I've always not enjoyed driving and, and now I don't enjoy it. And it terrifies me because people here <laughs> drive, like they're just like, yeah, like, I don't know. they're either they're either like it's just it's so crazy i like i hate driving but so not driving but i love being in the car i like being in the car and playing music and being a passenger and being like can we stop there like that's what that's the kind of driving i like um but the balcony yeah my balcony will still be my treehouse it's nice to um to just wake up and and just to be outside and breathe for a minute before i get on my computer and answer emails and do texts um, so I try, I'm trying even more just to do that and just like enjoy the nature and all that good stuff before I, the world opens up again too. I think that's beautiful. Um, you know, I, I am writing a book. So like, yeah. I do think that the chapter, there could be a chapter of like, there section of finding your treehouse and how important like a space for yourself is. And like, exactly. Even even when I remember moving to the city in 2013, I had graduated college and I'd done a few gigs. And I remember like sitting on my bed, which took up the entirety of the room mm -hmm. and the window faced a brick wall. And I was like, I'm here. I could do whatever I want now. Yeah. 
and, and it's so much. that's great no that's just great since memories of a building of a nice place is great so if you have a tree house that makes sense because it's every time you walk in you get a sense of memory of peace and calm before yeah. you even do anything Exactly. So welcome to Dear Multi-Hyphenate. This podcast, you know, we chat with, um, I, I chat with artists who are in the forefront of of this industry, the ones who are the movers, the shakers, the groovers. And, you know, when I created this podcast, I was writing about this and I was like, when I created this podcast, I was not anticipating a pandemic. And um, <laughs> I don't think many of us were, but, you know, the multi-hyphenate has sort of really proven important during this time because now we could pull our resources and now we can go i i i know i i am proficient in that mm -hmm. endeavor and i can create and i can continue to tell stories and i can rely on my artistry in order to continue growth as an artist so you know what is i, I say that being a multi-hyphenate is an artist who has multiple proficiencies that cross-pollinate to help flourish professional capabilities mm -hmm. What to you is a multi-hyphenate and how do you identify as a multi-hyphenate? Um, I guess multi-hyphenate would be different to everybody. To me, it's using all parts of your artistic brain without the limitations that are put on you by the industry, which is um, which in theater is pre more prevalent than any other art form because it's so technical, like, this is the note you sing. This is how high you need to kick. This is the number you stand on stage so that we can let you. This is, it's very, um, there's something very specific about it. And so I think sometimes theater artists don't know that they, even though they do that well, and that that method of creating art is beautiful, that they can do so much more as well. Um, and so to me, being multi-hyphenate is kind of breaking the handcuffs of all the technical stuff that you learn and what you're told to do and, and just, leaning into all of those things um i think that's what my definite and uh and you said and why am i one or what do yeah. i think okay. how do you identify as one um i've like my there's this quote by uh this poem by this my favorite poet nair waid and she says uh that thing about you that you don't understand will make sense one day. Like that's not the exact, she says it way more beautiful than me, but um, I have like, like between my ADD and just like always, tr I need something to focus my brain on. That's come into handy because it's like, I play the guitar, I sing, I dance, I produce, I write, um, I do improv. I love sketch comedy. I like, I love doing theater. I love doing film and TV and not because I'm like, brilliant at any of them. I just genuinely enjoy doing those. So those are the things that I that I do. But the producing writing stuff is fairly new and I love it. So what do you what do you love about it? And when did you sort of take the leap um, in the producing and writing hyphens? Well actually I so about two years now, a little over two years ago, um, I got very sick. Um, and so um, when I was recovering from being sick, I, for the first time in my life, I couldn't do the things that um, would get me through the day, which was dancing, which was, um, which was doing theater, which was doing all this stuff. It wasn't even like singing because I was still, even though I love to sing, um, I always said, you're just a dancer because that's the lane that sometimes you get, you get labeled as in New York or in you know, places. And then when I got sick, 
I couldn't, I couldn't dance for a long because I was, um, the surgery was in my stomach. So I was like, I can't dance. I can't even sing any, I can't do anything that is going to help me get through this. So I was like, I guess I'll start writing. Um, and I've always written in a journal and stuff. And so I started writing and it just, it came out so freely. Um, and then I started seeing people responding to the way I was writing. And I was like, oh, this is fun. I love it. And people like what I'm doing. So then I wrote my own, um, I wrote a show for 54 Below. And through 54 Below, I, I got the confidence to submit my writing to the CBS uh, showcase. And, and then I ended up getting it um, mm. and, and then started writing. And now, and then from there, I was like, oh, I know how to produce. I know how to run a company. And so this is just meeting those two brains together. And so it was just, it's crazy because all that stemmed from me almost dying comes to this new love I have for being producing and writing because it was just, it was just something that was untapped. That was just, I guess, waiting to happen. And I'm still learning, but I just, I love it. It's so freeing and wonderful. I love that you um, brought up 54 Below because, you know, for those of you that are listening that are, you know, from Tulsa, Oklahoma, that don't know what 54 Below <laughs> is, um, you know, 54 Below, Green Room 42, uh, Don't Tell Mama, there are these incredible uh, con uh, cabaret concert venues that um, all have their own identities in the city. You know, I, I sometimes if I'm cultivating a show, I'll be like, that would play 54 Below better than it would. <laughs> Green Room 42 or vice versa. You know what totally, I'm saying? Totally, totally. Just because it's about, you know, when we're putting on our producer vibe, our creator vibe, we want it to be an experience. The audience should feel uh, the experience as a whole. Just like, you know, uh, sometimes I'll be like, the, that show played at that theater? Oh my God, no, it would have done so much better if it was at the booth or the, you know, it's it's that same sort of vibe and it's, and it's still... Uh, it still applies to the concert cabaret world. And um, I think 54 Below, Green Room 42, those venues, they serve much more than just a concert or cabaret. They really do serve as training grounds to try out material. Yes, they do. You know, and yeah, and can you create an incredible night there? Yes. Can you entertain and, you know, every, people make money and it's fabulous? Absolutely. But what did you learn from that experience? So can you share with me what you learned from uh, from producing at 54 Below? Mm -hmm. So the show, I was already going to do a show there. They were like, um, I would, um, so I'd had a miscarriage uh, about two and a half years ago. Um, and instead I had, to, and so I had to, and it turned out there was more going on. And so I had to change my entire lifestyle around. I couldn't drink. I couldn't eat the way that I ate. I couldn't, there was just a lot of things that were doing. Um, and I couldn't turn to my vices for it. So the show that I was actually writing was about, um, about how people lean on their vices and it was just going to be like, yeah. And then, you know, and then I couldn't do this. And then it turned into something completely different when I got really, really sick and I was able to create a piece that was vulnerable because it was coming from my real life experiences. And so I was like, oh, producing doesn't have to be, okay, I'm choosing this song from this book and I'm going to sing um, Come Rain or Come Shine. And then I'm going to talk about, it was just like, no, I can like look at my Spotify playlist. What are the top songs I listen to right now that got me through this time? And I created something based off of that playlist. And so knowing that it was just that simple 
that producing your own show doesn't have to be imitating something else someone did or looking at the way it's all been done. It's literally bringing who you are, your authentic self, how you feel, how you want to tell your story, because you, it's you. You get to control everything. Um, and when you do do it that way, then it's just, it's so freeing and magical. And I was like, oh, this is how producing can be. It doesn't always have to be this like person in a buttoned up suit being like, which is how we see producing and how a lot of people do producing. And I think there needs to be a new wave of producers that lead from the heart and lead from like what you just said. Like, it doesn't have to be like, if I did that show at a booth, booth theater, it wouldn't make any sense. But choosing the right venues, knowing when something should be big or small, um, and so that's what I learned most of most of it, how to bring myself authentically to a project and how producing is can be an artistic, beautiful process if you choose to make it that way. Beautiful. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, I know people are listening. I, I love... Uh, you know, I when I talk with my guests, I love you know we're we're in the industry. We know lingo. We know we know how to go from point A to B. You know, from A to B to C. But I know that people listening are going to wonder how. So, how did you bring your show to the CBS Comedy Showcase? Yeah, well, it based I I honestly was like everyone's gonna think I'm terrible. Like I didn't care what anyone thought, but I was also like everyone's gonna think I'm terrible. And then when the response was good, I was like. Oh, again, I was like, I can bring my authentic self. So when when um, writing my sketches, because we have to for CBS, you have to come up with five original characters um, and create like scenes for them. So I was like, uh, I I can just be myself. These different little parts of myself are things that I've observed in the world, and um, and bring that to my writing. And and when you do it that way, it's it's like therapy and it's all it's fun and it's also therapy but I think that we all have that more in us than we than we think we do I think more we all have that in us more than we think we we think that we have to wait for people to give us a script give us an audition give us a piece of music give us an opportunity and I think that there's nothing wrong with that and I think that as artists we all have different things that we're a strength good strength at but I think more people have the ability to do that than they think and I, yeah, I just, I want, I, and I want to see it. I want to see people's, I want to see what people really think about, about, um, about the world and not just always commenting on it through what someone else wrote. That's what's so cool about watching people's created works. Cause you're li- listening to what they think, not singing other people's or reading other people's views on what they think. 
you know? That is so eloquently put. I'm trying to put my my finger on that because I have chatted with a bunch of artists that I can't tell if they have convinced themselves that they don't want to create their own stories because they genuinely don't like it and genuinely don't want to be put uh, with that responsibility or that they've convinced themselves that they can't do it, that it's become this mental block of like, oh, I don't want to do it. It's not my thing. I'm not interested in that at all because I love what you said about when we create our own work, it's about our, it's about the way that we see the world. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so exciting. Yeah. And it's, and it's why, it's why there needs to be more like, you know, when people talk about diversity on stage, uh, that sentence, it's like, it's, it's yes, there should be looking at it. Yes. But like, I want to, I want to see people produce, I want to see people of color, people from LBGTQ plus, um, uh, like on the crew, uh, produce, uh, producing uh, in the writer's room. I want to see a show where there's like couple dancing and it's like the sixties and it's not just the man, the boy and the boy lifts the girl and the girl sits there and the girl goes down the boy. Get, it's like, like, let's, let's just, if we're going to suspend disbelief in theater a lot, then let's like shake it, like really shake it up. It's more than just adding a few colors and doing certain things on stage. It's, um, it just, it can be so much deeper and, and connected to the world. Theater should be a comment on what's happening in the world right now, or things that weren't represented back then, you can make them seen. And that's what I want to see when theater opens back up. Um, I don't want to just see people like on stage of being black or being trans or being Latin or being Asian. I want to see them. I want to see fully flushed characters, <laughs> like for the love of God, <laughs> for the love of God. You know, we, the two of us worked on a project together um, that I think showcased that really well indoor boys. And, and uh, you know, I, I am not bullshitting you. I promise you this, not just because you're the guests on my show, <laughs> When I tell you how in love I was, still am with the prom. Oh. I mean, it was also like the first time that I felt like, even though I had nothing to do with the show, it was so warm backstage and I had clients backstage and and, uh, and every time I felt like you were do- doing the show for me. And even though like that is the most self-focused thing in the world and selfish thing in the world, <laughs> the performances that were on stage, the story, everything made it feel like I was the only one in the theater. And I know that at the Long Acre, I was not the only one having that experience. Everyone that saw that show felt like that you were doing it for each individual person. So how what was it, you know, talking about seeing real people on stage, seeing those stories told on stage? working on the prom did that sort of wet your whistle a little bit is that was that the type of art that you want to continue to work I hope it was but was it yeah Yeah, it's it's um I've always had a connection to younger to kids and to teens like always even when I was a kid and a teen like um and to go from Spongebob into Mm -hmm. the prom was amazing it's the same pretty much fan base of just like all the all the kids who think they're all the like misfit kids, all the freaks, all the ones that don't fit in, all the ones that aren't represented on TV, like 
although like you know those are the those are the show those are the people that um i feel like are attracted to the shows that i've got to do my last two broadway shows that i got to do and i feel so honored by that because the 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 emails and the 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 dms and the the things that these kids say at the stage door to just be seen to just feel like they're seen is so special and i think the problem sometimes living in new york or california um la spe- la because i've been around california la and new york city specifically um is that we live in this um sometimes we need to get out of our liberal bubble and know that it's not like that everywhere and so i a lot of people were like i mean prom was good but i mean it's like you know it's not like that anymore and i was like where are you from i'm from alabama and i guarantee you it is like that um down there and i i love you alabama but you know what i'm talking about um, and it's, I even know what you're talking about. I'm not it, from Alabama. <laughs> and it's getting, it's getting better, but, um, but you know, there's a lot of people out down there that don't ever feel like they can be their complete selves. And I think that is just such, I think it's the worst thing in the world, um, to not have a good childhood and not feel completely human and yourself because childhood is supposed to be the easiest time of your life. It only gets like harder and more complicated and you, you have to choose to have fun and to be childlike and see the joy in things as you get older when you learn about the world. So to destroy the one time in a human's life when it's supposed to be free and beautiful and open, I think is absolutely cruel. So it's it's why I, I love doing shows like that. And I love that it spoke to to, to people. And, um, and we have to never assume that it's okay to not keep telling those stories. Like, it's not like, you know, uh people were just allowed to get married it wasn't that long ago no it wasn't (laughs) and it almost just got taken away like it's like that's we can't become you know complacent in those things or just assume it's okay because we live in new york city or los angeles if i'm gonna see keep seeing a crusty old production of romeo and juliet (laughs) over and over and over and over again we could see another play about an lgbtqia plus you know individual and we're gonna be okay with that it's okay (laughs) gonna be fine we're gonna be we're gonna be just fine and um I, I also loved SpongeBob too. And, you know, the fans out there were incredible. I, I was photographing Wes for my what? project that Wes, I love the Taylor. I love him love. so much. He's such an amazing friend. And I know he loves you too. Cause you know, when we were working on indoor boys together and we, you know, it was, you know, Vasti email Vasti <laughs> like that, you know what I mean? And, um, and I'm the person to bother, I literally bother him. Like I would just leave stuff and he's like, Vasti, leave me alone. I'm like, what? <laughs> Wes, I have so many videos of him like going, like rolling his eyes. It's the best thing in the world. You know that grumpy old fart though is like loving it inside though. Well, do you know? know, Well, one year for so one year for SpongeBob we had birthday club where if it was your birthday then you buy the next person uh, like a cake or whatever. And Wes didn't know that I was gonna be out of town (laughs) that week, and so he forgot to do the birthday cake thing. And I was like, it's fine. And he was like, no, no, no. And I was like, it's fine, Wes. It's okay. We'll do it another time. And so, but I could tell he felt bad. And so when I came back from my vacation, they're like, uh, Vasi, can you come to the stage management office? And I was like, okay. And I, I was like, where is everybody? And I walked into the stage, there was this big space and the entire cast was there. Um, and I was obsessed with Moana at the time. And he hired a Moana impersonator 
Samara. Samara. To come yeah. And, say, and I was just like, <laughs> like just old and being like, oh my God, it's Moana. And it was, it was one of the most, it was one of the coolest things that anyone's ever done for me. And I was like, oh, you love me. I love you too. He's such a good person. I, I remember seeing that on on the Insta because Samara is a headshot client of mine. Okay. And so and so I follow her. I think she's she's cool and that she's got pipes too. She does. And she's got pipes. And um I loved seeing that. Okay, now it, now it's all coming together. Now it's because yeah. that's amazing. Um but uh I, you know, back to what I was saying about um you know, with Wes, I I was I was photographing him all day for uh, dressing room project and which is a photo series that I, I do and um, this one spe- specifically I was like I want to follow you throughout the whole day you know mm-hmm. we lived in, we live in the same area and I was like let's do like a feature where I'm following you the whole day sort of like Patty Lapone's feature in it was the times I believe when she was getting ready in her final week for Gypsy and um, and so I came out of the stage door with him and it was amazing to watch the response out of that stage door. Those security guards at stage doors are heaven. They're so great. I, and and that's the thing. It's like what I love to talk about is also like stage door etiquette. Like, you know, like this is not a part of your job to come out of the stage door and sign and interact and to be kind with people. And and they are doing this because, you know, they're they're off the clock, but they're still giving you time and that there is an etiquette and we all have to be calm and patient with each yeah. other. And we're all going to have to be patient, you know, fans and Broadway lovers are going to have to be patient and figuring out, like, what is the stage door situation when we come back from this pandemic? Exactly. I'm so curious to see what all of that will look like. I know. So speaking of pandemic, you have been doing this incredible uh, experience show called Vasti's Friends. Can you share a little bit with me about what Vasti's Friends is, how it got started, who's involved, what it's for, all that jazz? Yeah, well, it started it started maybe um to uh, like literally 3 days after Broadway shut down and I remember uh I was at the time owner of a, a childcare company and I was like I want to find a way to keep our staff employed and I want to find a way to help these parents um, entertain their kids. Cause this is when we thought it was two weeks. I was like, you know, for the next two weeks, Oh God. Um, everyone's going to be like inside and the parents are going to have to work at the same time. So let's do something. So I set my cell phone up on a pile of books and I like got my guitar out and played a song and read a story to kids. And there were like eight families there. And I was like, this is so cute. I was like, I'll just keep doing this for the next two weeks. Um, and then it kept growing and it kept growing and it kept growing. And then we had like 900 people registered for, you know, our events and um, our like list and everything. And it was great and it was going great. We had like all these like wonderful Broadway performers coming on, singing, teaching dance parties. And then um, the end of May, everything went and we, A, we realized how crazy the pandemic really was. Mm -hmm. All the election stuff started getting nuts and Black Lives Matter happened. And during all of that stuff, I started, I, I was going through a complete crisis because it was just like, all of a sudden, and what most black people went through, it's like, all of a sudden you realize that you were kind of living a lie for your most of your life and just faking how much pain we'd all been in for so long. And the, but the main thing I noticed 
was from what our allies were writing and from what we were writing is that we didn't for the for black people they were like we didn't since we were like talking about painful experiences since they were kids that they didn't see themselves that they didn't they felt ignored and allies going we didn't we literally didn't understand that it was like that and so i was like there is a disconnect in the education system there's a disconnect in a lot of places where we're not getting those things where kids aren't seeing themselves um in in entertainment or in the world at all really and even though those people exist. And it's like, we can make this not just a, sh a fun show for kids, virtual interactive show for kids. We can make this kind of like a kid's activism show and do it through joy and play and fun. And so it went from just, and we still have fun shows, but, but it went from like, let's celebrate National Pizza Day to being like, we're gonna do a pride parade today, or we're doing a Juneteenth episode or Women's History Month, or, um, instead of just a Valentine's Day episode, it is a Valentine's Day episode, but it also, but it, but it features couples, same-sex couples and mixed-race couples without saying, hey, we're a gay couple or hey, we're a mixed-race couple, just showing it as normal. And right. that's what we do. We just have these shows and we have all these people of different colors and races and all of these things come on the show being their authentic self. And nobody does that better than theater people. Um, just going on there and doing their thing and being their authentic selves and the letters that we get from parents and the kids reactions are absolutely incredible they hang on to every single word um i don't know if you know richard yoder but he came on and he was teaching a dance and he was like all right guys one second and they came off and he went came back on stage and like drag and like like light drag and the kids were like like freaking out they were so excited and now every time he teaches the kids wear boys girls all over from alabama from all these people wear wigs every time he teaches because they're so excited and it's oh, just as simple as that God. it's just as simple as that it's as simple as seeing a dark-skinned black woman teach uh, full of joy teaching kids stuff because there's only been one other female host of a kid's show and that was like in the 70s, which also makes no sense. They've all been like straight white men, mostly for all hosts of kids shows. And they're incredible people. But um, it's they get to see they get to see that they get to see all of these things. And so it's become this different mission that feels full of joy, but also activism. -y, if you know. So I'm so of, yeah, I'm so emotional. That's uh, amazing. Cute. And, yeah, and so I was like, I'm not going to have a nervous breakdown again over the government and everything. So instead, like I would like when Trump was like, science isn't real. I was like, okay, um, I could write a write a long status or I know, hey guys, we're dedicating this week to science and why science is special. We're going to learn about science and dance to science and sing to science and learn about science with Titus Burgess. And that's, and that's my new way of fighting the system now it's teaching the younger generation that that's nuts, <laughs> that that's crazy. It's all so crazy. And that it's so much easier to, it, and I always say this, it's easier to teach a kid to love than to teach an adult to not hate. It's so mm -hmm. much easier to dismantle an adult of all the things they've learned is so hard. I'd much rather just fix the problem before it's a problem. I was teaching kids in like 2016, I was with a company called Wingspan Arts, and they're amazing. And um, on their, uh, I'm on their advisory board right now, just because I really believe in their mission, and I think that they're amazing. Um, and one amazing student, Bella, she came up to me. I was checking my phone. She goes, 
she sees a picture of my boyfriend and I on my phone. And she goes, who's that? <laughs> and I was like, that's my boyfriend. She goes, ew, why do you have a boyfriend? And I was like, because I, I, I wanted a boyfriend. I didn't want a girlfriend. She goes, why? And I was like, because I fell in love and you're allowed to do that with whoever you want. And she goes, what are you having for dinner? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're so simple. So simple. I, you know? I, I babysat a kid once and he was, I think he was three at the time, three or four. And we were walking down the street and he was like, I think I'm going to be black when I grow up. And I was like, what? <laughs> he's like, why? And I was like, he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to be black. And I was like, you can't, I was like, you can't choose that, bud. I was like, that's, you're white. And he goes, really? And it's like, and he goes, oh, okay. Do you want to get some ice cream? Like he was just like, they don't care. And they're just like, all right, cool. Thanks for teaching me that. The main concern that should be on everybody's mind really is the planet. Cause like what, none of this matters if the planet won't be here, but no, we're just like, having to fight over stupid stuff because some people are just so ridiculous and won't let us just live our lives. <laughs> it's so true. It's so, um, you know, you're, you're talking about so many incredible things, the planet LGBTQIA plus uh, identity, uh, racial identity. It's so many different things that Vasi's friends covers. What is the, f- the pandemic is going to end. We're going to have this informed normal where we're going to, you know, hopefully apply everything that we've learned and discussed during this pandemic, during this political uprest, during Black Lives Matter. We're going to hopefully take that and change the industry. Uh, But we're going to be back to this informed normal of auditioning in person and going to the theater and traveling and doing national tours. I hope, but does Vasti's friends see a place in in that in the world in the world yeah like the plan is to is to do live shows um great that's what we i mean that's what theater artists thrive at you know um and i i co-own this with my with my husband who is a um he's a poet and he works with kids like he was just like um i don't know if you saw that article about prince harry and Meghan markle surprising a poetry class a few weeks ago um, yeah, he, that was his class. They just oh. surprised him. They, um, well, he knew about it, but, um, like, but they just like surprised his zoom class. Cause they wanted to, but like, you should look it up. It's incredible. And he just wrote a poem for the golden globes, like with his kids, like it's, wow. we're very like dedicated to kids and, but we're live, uh, but we're live performers. And so are all the people on our show. So the plan is to be like the wiggles or the, right. you know, and do, have our have our virtual shows that we then tape into episodes and then hopefully get picked up by like PBS would be a dream or something like that because there's really nothing like that. Um, interactive children's TV doesn't exist. And I think that more than any other demographic, there should be interactive kids TV. So they're not just like staring at the screen, but having to use their brains and think and talk. Um, but also doing like mini tours in like, you know, that would be incredible. That's, that's the dream is to do all this live. Um, and we, you know, the Broadway podcast network is, has been sponsoring us and helping us with that. And um, they're going to try to help us make all that happen. I believe that it will. So that, that is so, that is so beautiful. And uh, you know, is there any way that communities, people listening, is there anyone that any way that people can get involved with this effort? Yeah, we, um, 
so our main thing that we like to do and that we said we would do, I think that if, I think paying artists is important always, especially during the pandemic, if you can and if it's possible. Um, and so the main thing that we do um, is we raise money so that we can pay every single artist that's been on our show. And I think we've had, um, at this point, we've, we've paid over uh, 200 artists during the pandemic. We've been able to give like over $20,000 worth in time and donations to causes that we care about. Um, and I think that, so donating is great because the money goes to pay the artists. If people want to know how to support artists, that's support artists by, by donating to their, their projects and to their private things, because, um, artists deserve, you know, to get paid. They're, they're, it's not a hobby. <laughs> it's a job. And, uh, I think when we can, when, when it's possible, um, trying to get that done. So like donating is amazing and it all goes to paying our, our staff and our artists. Um, and it's, and they deserve it. They're absolutely amazing. Cause these people come on and create original content for kids. It's really like, and it's, you know, they should be making 17 times more than we pay them, but they're, they're incredible. So donating is great. Just showing up and spreading the word is great. Yeah. So that's, that's the, that's the goal just to keep on doing it. And, I, I love it. It's, I've never enjoyed doing anything more in my life, which is bizarre, but I, it combines everything that I love, kids, performing, playing with my friends. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and how do you think being a multi-hyphenate helped you realize this vision? I, I believe in a higher power. I don't know what that means quite anymore. And that's something I always think about, but I believe in a God and I believe in, in like a, in destiny and fate. And I honest, I truly, truly, truly think that all the things that I've been through, the sickness, the, the ADD, the, the, the too many hobbies, the running around, and then the final of me just being silent and more still in my body has led up to me creating this. And I think that, um, if I didn't go through all that stuff, I don't think I, I know this wouldn't be happening. Um, so that's, yeah, there's, it's just sometimes you don't know why you're in the darkness and why terrible things happen. And of course, we would hope that terrible things don't happen, but you have a choice to look at it as as a way that can lead you to light or just be like, my life sucks. And I'm choosing to always, always go with the light and just try to find the beauty in all that. Because if I didn't almost die, I wouldn't be in California doing my own show and working with CBS. And, and so you have to... The, the, that's the only option really is to um, sit in your darkness when you need to a little bit, but to always try to choose that light and go towards the positive path of all the things that happen to you. It just makes life a little bit easier. Vasti, thank you so much for being on your multi-hyphenate. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Of course. Where can we find you on socials? Um, I'm at Frosty Vasti. That's my Instagram name because no one knows how to say my name. By the way, thanks for saying my name right off the bat. You're back. welcome. That's fantastic. You're uh, welcome. You don't understand how rare that is. Um, so Frosty <laughs> Vosti is my Instagram. And then our show Instagram is Frosty's Friends. And we have a lot of fun things coming up. Um, all of our performers are Broadway artists. Um, we're doing something cool for Memorial Day with Broadway stars who have been in, in the Army. We have, um, we're doing another Pride episode, uh, Women's History Month, all sorts of fun things. So please join. The shows are all free. Um, donation only, and it's on the Broadway Podcast Network. 
Thank you so much. And for everyone listening, thank you for listening. Please tell your friends, subscribe, like, comment, all that jazz. Uh, I would not be here without you, and I love being able to tell stories that are happening right now in the Broadway, TV, film, showbiz industry because um, we're figuring it out just like you are. So uh, hear it from the best, and... Thank you for listening. Thank you at Broadway Podcast Network to Alan, Dory, Britt, Katie, and Yo. And thank you to Patrick for engineering today's episode. As always, follow at the Michael Kushner or at Dear Multi Hyphenate on Instagram and reach out if you have a question for my segment, my brand new segment. You got a question because I will answer it. <laughs> Sending love to everyone. Bye. <laughs> Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.